Thank you. Please be seated. Awesome. Let's pray. Lord, we just honor your presence here this morning. We want to thank you that it's been our privilege and honor this morning to have sweet communion with you, to partake of your body and all the blessings that flow through you and the new covenant signed and sealed in your blood. Lord, we just uh, honor you this morning and we just, uh, Father, we just pray that you just lead us this morning, speak into our hearts and to our lives. We pray let your word come alive in our hearts. We want to hear from you. We open our ears. We bow our hearts before you. We say, have your way. Your kingdom come. Your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven, no matter what the cost. In Jesus' name. Amen. No matter what the cost. Jesus gave everything in order that we might be blessed, that we might partake of communion. He said, come, follow me. He wants you to give everything, your whole life, to lay it down for one another, to lay it down for those in Northland and in the community. That's what he's asking you to do today. This isn't just a plaything. This is something very real. Hallelujah. There you go. Legacy. Ah, <laughs> legacy was last month. Oh, we're on the blessed life today. Is that what I've got to speak about? Glory. Glory, the blessed life. Well, where's the other notes? <laughs> it's not that bad, don't worry. Early yesterday morning, I, I, I went down to spend time with the Lord, as I, I often have done and do and continue to do. Um, before the sun came up, it hadn't yet risen, but the effects of the sun were shining off the morning clouds. And it was just so beautiful, the glory that shone and the different hues of, of light that were coming off the clouds. You know, there's something really peaceful and just beautiful. Uh, all the colors are just amazing early in the morning. And it tends to still my heart. We come from the busyness of life and the turmoil in this world and uh, all the busy things that we're occupied with. Then the sun came up in all its glory. And, uh, you know, the glory of the Lord shines above the brightness of the noonday sun, not just when it's rising up, but when it's at its brightest. And uh, I just want to ask you this morning, have you ever paused and just thought about the glory of our Lord? How glorious He is. Just ponder and meditate on His glory and beauty. Does He mean anything to your heart? Does He mean anything to you? What is about Him that you love as you just meditate on this majestic, divine, amazing person? One who was the eternal God that became man and such a wonderful man. Such an amazing man. Meditate on the moral glories of our Lord Jesus Christ as you find them through the Word, even through the Old Testament. Uprightness. Absolutely upright Jesus was. Love that just, the glory of His love that just shone out. It was really the Father's love that was shining through Him to us. Gentleness and tenderness of heart. You know, Jesus said, I'm meek and lowly in heart. He was gentle. He was tender. He, he loved His own. Even John the Apostle, he leaned on his bosom. You know, he was approachable. And he had such affection that was just 
made people feel secure. He was the truth. How glorious. So truthful. Not only was he the truth, he was the way. He was life itself. Gladness is one of his glories. Remember that when we read in the Old Testament, how that he's anointed with the oil of gladness above his fellows. There was none so glad and happy as Jesus. Are you happy and glad today? Are you re- See, as you meditate on the moral glories of the Lord Jesus Christ, we and recognize that we are in Him, surely something of that divine love, truth, uprightness, gentleness, tenderness, uh, um, gladness, and then there's meekness. Surely it's going to shine out of our lives, eh? So I was with the Lord yesterday morning, and I just, my whole spirit was calming. And I was listening. I hope you're here today just to listen. Listen to what the Spirit is saying. God is here. His Spirit is just moving among us now. The Lord Himself, the King of glory is here. We're two or three gathered together in my name, and I think there's over three here this morning. There am I in the midst of them. You brought him with you, but he comes especially right now, the Lord of glory, just to to whisper in your ear, to connect with you, so that he might bring peace. Do you know what he said to me yesterday? As I was sitting there, suddenly, as I do, because I do like to listen, because he communes through his spirit with my spirit. Suddenly, I hear his word, and he says, be still and know that I am God. It's very simple. Just be still and know. And here's me looking at all the, the glory of the clouds and my whole being is just soothed, relaxing. And I hear that voice, be still and know that I am God. That's his word to you today. Be still and know that I am God. That means I'm over everything. Every circumstance, none of it's out of my control. And so I was listening. Then I heard another verse pop up, another word. What's this one? He says, there is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God. First we still in his presence. Then I hear there's there's a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God, the holy place, the tabernacle or the dwelling place of the Most High. Where is that? Where is this? Yes, there's a river that flows from the throne of God, but where is this holy place? Right there. You are the temple of the living God. You are the dwelling place of the Most High. There is a river that flows from the throne of God. And it flows not through your head necessarily. It flows through your spirit. It shall be within you a river of living water springing up into everlasting life. And it will make you glad. And it makes glad the city of God. You see, we Jesus spoke of a city that was set on a hill which cannot be hid. And we are that city. There are many lights in here today. A city is full of light. There's a lot of hustle and a lot of bustle and a lot of people in a city. But the church is that city. And it's a city to be set on a hill. 
And there is a river that makes glad the city of God. And here in Northland, God has brought us together. He's called us to reach out to our community, to lay down our lives in sacrifice for Northland, for Aotearoa, Aotearoa, our nation. He's called you to do that. Not just become a reservoir and appreciating what he's done for you. No, God, the Lord Jesus, the King of glory, wants to involve you in what he's doing for our nation. And that involves you laying down your life. If you're going to have his life and you're going to be drawing from that eternal source, you can't have his life and your life. Life itself flows through Christ. The Bible says, he that has the Son has life. He that has not the Son of God has not life. Are you drinking in the radiance of his glory? And his beauty. Is he your life today? Are you absolutely taken up with him? Or are you taken up with yourself and your own abilities to accomplish what you've got before you for this next week? What is occupying your heart? What is occupying your mind? I challenge you today in love and in, with grace. As I thought about the blessed life, I thought how easy it is to be taken up with receiving blessings and forgetting and forget about the greatest and most blessed life of all, the life of Christ. And so my, my, my first point in the message today, and I want you to take this home with you, is that, and, and, and don't forget it, the blessed life is the life of Christ. The blessed life is the life of Christ. This month we have this theme and an exciting theme. It is the blessed life. But the blessed life is the life of Christ. Have you got that? I say it once more. The blessed life is the life of Christ. It is absolutely profound. It is absolutely significant. And when we come to Psalm 1 and we're going to look at Psalm 1, we're going to read through Psalm 1 together over the next few minutes. And there we see the contrast of the way of the righteous or this one who has a blessed life and the way of the ungodly. But just remember, the blessed life is the life of Christ. That's why he says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Who is this man? Where is this man? It is Jesus and none other. He walked not in the counsel of the ungodly. He didn't stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight was in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. How often was he on the mountain meditating, praying at night, or long before sunrise? He'd come from the mountain and do all those miracles after being in the presence of his heavenly Father, modeling where he drew his resources from as a man, even though he was God at the same time. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in a season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. You remember Jesus, yes, he's like a tree. He said, I am the vine. 
you are the branches. And you say, no, I'm the tree. I'm the tree. Haven't you planted me, Lord? No, he says, no, you're not the tree. I'm the tree. You can't argue with Jesus and tell him you're the tree and you're going to sort it all out and you're going to try and be like him. You're going to be standing beside him and try and be another tree. He says, I'm the tree. You're the branch. You're not the tree. You're connected to the tree. You're the branch. He's the tree. Where does all the sustenance, where does all the sap come from? Where does all life come from? There's not two lives, there's one life. You're not the tree, but you're connected to the tree. Glory to God. Just a thought. So we see everything that shines out of Jesus, the tree. The tree that bore all that fruit. No matter what he went through, he was bearing fruit. Remember when he was on the cross? When he was suffering, when his suffering had reached such heights or such depths, whatever you want to say, how do, how do you describe what he went through? I don't know how to describe it. But then, then he's bearing fruit. He's saying, Father, forgive them. Not when the going's good. Not when everything's hunky-dory, as you say. But when things are at its worst. And he's saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Humility shone out of him. A divine attribute of the Lord, grace, God's riches at his expense, no matter what it cost him, he gave it all. He held nothing back and he demands nothing less from ourselves. Not that he's demanding it in that way, but love is so powerful and so amazing and so divine that it puts a demand on our lives in a good sense. Not under law, don't hear this. He that has ears to hear, let him hear. Don't hear this from a law sense that now I have to do this. No, no, we're talking about you not being the tree, you're a branch. You don't have to do anything he's done at all. He was so submissive to the Father, no matter what. Not my will, but yours be done. Are you following him? Righteousness, absolutely righteous. 100%, 99% righteous isn't good enough. Being better than the guy next door is not good enough. Being better than your wife, uh, which you, I find it hard to believe. <laughs> I don't think I'm... Uh, that's not good enough. 100% righteous. God's standard. That's why there's only one man, because no one else can match him. Faithful and dependent, see, were divine attributes of the Lord Jesus Christ. Obedience, he was obedient even unto death, even the death of the cross. Devotion to his God and to the cause. Absolute devotion. Are you devoted to what God's called us to do as a church? Are you devoted to what God's called you to do in your life? This is Christ. This is what's born of his spirit. Absolute devotion, purity, zeal. Have you got zeal when you come here? When you worship and praise or you just sit there and think, doesn't seem much life here today. Well, guess what? I wonder why. <laughs> I just say that lovingly. I just say that lovingly. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. I challenge you today. Where are you really at? Where am I really at? Okay, if there's only one life, 
and only one man. Blessed is the man, not blessed is the men. It's not plural. Verse 4, the ungodly, here's to everybody else. The ungodly are not so. They're not like that. If you want to know which man, where the fruit's coming from, which man, which person, whether it's Christ or whether it's the ungodly, you just examine the fruit. The fruit of your thoughts, the fruit of your words, the fruit of your actions. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff, which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor the sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous. That's the one he knows and wants to know about. That's what God's looking for in the saints, is his son, shining forth like the glory of the noonday sun. The divine attributes of Christ that shine out of our lives. That's what he's looking for. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. The ungodly are not so. They're like chaff. Do you know what chaff is? When you throw the weed up in the air, the old timers, and then the wind's blowing, and then the chaff is just the empty husks, the light stuff. And it's really empty. Do you ever find life sometimes is really empty and you just wonder what it's all about? Yeah? It's when we, it's like when we, we make our own mind, will and emotions the source of life. When we do that, what happens? What happens when we do that? You know, when you really start striving about something, it may be a need in your family with your children and something's gone wrong or something's gone wrong at school or it might be you need something you need and you're wondering about provision and you're anxious about There's many things in this world that we can be anxious about. But when you're striving and you're worrying and you're moving from your own emotions, from your soul and not from the spirit, things don't go well, do they? You don't spiral up when you're worrying about things, do you? It seems to be a downward spiral. Because the ungodly are not so, they're just like the chaff. So you say, well, pastor, are you trying to say that we're ungodly? No, no. I'm trying to say that Jesus is righteous and there are the ungodly. But who are you? <laughs> you know, the blessed life. See, if we, get, if we go to the Scriptures and start looking for all these blessings, but we miss the blessed life, all we got is formulas. You know, a lot of people have been on the road for many years and they're still spouting how ungodly they are and I'm only just a sinner and I'm, and I'm this and that. And it's coming out of their mouth. You know, I'm a saint of the living God. I'm a son of God. I'm not a saint because I stopped sinning. I stopped sinning in practically in my life because God made me a saint. He sanctified me and made me so holy. I'm sanctified by faith. I'm set apart by the blood of Christ and sanctified. I'm sanctified by the Spirit, by the Word of God, by the body of Christ. How much more sanctified could I be? Who are you really? The blessed life is the life of Christ. Now, 
Point number two, God has given us the blessed life. He's given it to you. But you can't hold on to the old. I can't hold on to the old Paul and try and, with God's help, make something of him and then have Jesus' life at the same time. Can I? See, when Christ, who is our life, he is your life. God's seen to it that Christ is your life. When He is, who is our life shall appear, we shall appear with Him in glory. See, the Bible's full of uh, incredible, powerful uh, verses about blessing and about the blessed life. It says, verses like, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not uh, unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. Or forgive, like Jesus said, and you will be forgiven. These are principles of the blessed life. But don't go for the formula and miss the life itself. Don't miss Christ by going for formulas. Like Jesus said, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. And those are are good practical principles. But He is our portion. He's our song. He's our life. It says, there's another principle, honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all your increase, not only some of your increase. That's a good principle. And the promise that goes with it, so shall your barns be filled with plenty and your olives presses overflow with new wine. Whoa. If you've got the blessed life, you will be overflowing with new wine. The Spirit of the living God is attracted to that life. It was when Jesus was baptized and came out of the River Jordan. The Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. Wow. Straight away. So we lift up the Lord Jesus Christ above all other men, above anyone else in this room. He stands in all His glory. The Lord of glory, the King of kings and Lord of lords. And that's why the psalmist is doing that, because he's a personification of what it's talking about. He is actually that blessed man in Psalm 1. But he lives in me. And he lives in you if you received him. Because the word says, as many as received him, to them gave he the power or the right to become the sons of God, children of God, even to those that worry. No, that believe on His name. That's what His sons do. That's what His children do. We believe on His name. We keep believing. The blessed man compared with the ungodly. The blessed man, one man. The ungodly, all of mankind. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But thankfully, that's not where that verse stopped. I used to preach it in the gospel services back in my 20s. And that's where I used to stop. The Bible says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. What about the rest of the verse? Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. God had the answer straight away. Glory to His name. He's got the answer for you. Jesus is the blessed life. His life is a blessed life. It's for you. And that's why I say point number two, God has given us the blessed life. This life is found in His Son. It's eternal life. It will never die. He that believes in me will never die. Glory to God. 
When you delight yourself in the Lord, everything in life changes. He becomes our source and we become a source of supply for others. We receive of the sacrifice and we become the sacrifice. We lay down our lives for others. Are you willing to go all the way, my brother and sister, and lay down your life? Or are you just playing at Christianity and you just want to get your foot just in the door? I don't know. I love you guys. God loves you guys. You're his children. He's lifted you to such heights in Christ. He's blessed you with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in Christ. He says, freely you've received and freely give. He just loads his blessings on you. Are you ready to receive them? A lot of people are still trying. It grieves me when I hear that. How are you going? Oh, I'm trying. Not good. Not good. People that are always trying can often end up quite trying to others. Just a thought. <laughs> but people who trust and walk in faith become very helpful. People who know their God will be strong and do great exploits. Yes? Come on. Glory to God. So what hinders us from living? Okay, I'm changing it up now. That's the foundation. The blessed life is the life of Christ. But what hinders us from living the blessed life? Now I'm almost switching. Because I'm going to talk about money this morning. We don't want to talk about money to start with. We want to get the foundation right. Okay. Is that all right if I talk about money? What about the spirit of mammon? Wow. Before we talk about that, we'll pray. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just uh, thank you that you are God. We submit ourselves completely, body, soul, and spirit, under your authority. We bind the spirit of mammon in this place right at this time in Jesus' name. Father, let your word sink deep into our hearts. Let us hear your voice this morning, we pray, for the honor and glory of your Son, who is King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen. So Jesus is the source of all the blessing that comes to us from our Father. He's life itself. Now, because of that, it's important that we give our first fruits back to the Lord. Why? It's got nothing to do with excite needing money. It's got nothing to do with that. It's got to do with you needing to receive more blessing. Because our Father has got so much to bless you with. But sometimes we're taken up with things that hinder our blessing. And we think that we're it. And we've got to make ends meet and we've got, to, we've got to work it all out. And life is tough, you know, and I thought this was going to happen. Now that's happened. Now this bill's coming. It's important that we honour God as the source. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is our provider. Now in the Old Testament, under law, well, no, even before law, because Abraham gave to Melchizedek a tenth portion. Melchizedek, king of Salem, that came and blessed them. 
Abraham. And Abraham was a blessed man. Abraham gave him a tenth. And it says that Levi, who was still in his loins, the Levitical priesthood and all that, through Abraham really offered back to Melchizedek before law even came in. But we're living in an age of grace. We're not under law. But I want to tell you personally, I've been a believer for 33 years. And I've thought, well, if they gave 10% in the Old Testament, surely that's a starting point for me. And, I, and, I, and I've sought to honour the Lord with my substance and with the first fruits from all my increase. And God has blessed me in life. Even when things weren't going well. Even when there were years when we were running at a loss and not even making, I'm talking about running not even enough. I had to go on the unemployment for a year because my business went backwards so much, we didn't even make enough to even take a, a dollar out of it, you know. Or the, well, I was able to get $60 a week, so it was a dollar. It was $60. But I had to go on, on the unemployment. But even then we sowed. Isaac sowed in the year of a famine and he reaped a hundredfold. See, it's not about the church getting money. It's about us honouring God. And why do I say the church? Because it says bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Or, 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 or the city that we talked about needs, needs Easter eggs. It needs supply. It's somewhere where you come to get shelter, where you come to get comfort, where you come to have fellowship, where you come to meet with your Lord. In the New Testament, they laid down what they had at the apostles' feet and people were blessed. But it's not that we're asking for your money. I want to tell you this. See, we're talking in a sense of a spot this morning, but I'm not telling you anything I haven't put into practice. Honour the, the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all your increase. I, I know sometimes the situation is such in a person's life, in their marriage or, or whatever they're going through, where there are circumstances where they can't give 10%. But God knows your heart. You're not under law. You're under His grace and you're set free to honour Him as the source of all your supply. I want to encourage you to think about that this morning. Let God speak to your heart. God has come through time and time again in our business, in life, and what we've done. You know, there was a year, and, and well, let's read what it says here. Let's go to the Word. Jesus is speaking in Luke 6, verse 38. Give and it will be given to you. What a promise. But I'm not giving to get. That's called getting, not giving. I'm giving He, and He knows my heart. I'm giving because I acknowledge Him. My Father is my source. It's not my, my own hand. And it's interesting how that He allows us to grow older and get weaker. And we can't do the mahi we did when we were in our 20s. Because then if it's not sinking in, we start to realise, well, maybe I do have to rely on Him as my source as I get older. Yeah? Glory to God. I hope you're hearing this in love my brother and sister, eh? So he says, not only will, yeah, given it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together. So God's going to give back a good measure. Running over will be put into your bosom. Now listen to this, for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. So don't be stingy about it. Don't be stingy about it. Do you have to do this? No. You can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you please. We're talking about the blessed life here. 
2 Corinthians 9, Paul the Apostle speaking here to the Corinthian Christians, verse 6 to 8 says, But this I say, he who sows sparingly, you know, sometimes we just give a little bit left over, we give what we give. No, God loves a hilarious giver. He loves a cheerful giver. Someone who's ridiculous in their giving. We're not here at Excite people that sow sparingly. He wants your life before He wants your money. And He doesn't even need your money, but He wants your total devotion. You know, there was a year, and I'm not boasting about this, and you can get religious with me if you like and say, don't let the left hand know what your right hand's doing. I won't give you figures, but there was a year when the Lord led us and we give, because we set up a charitable trust, when He, he led us with our business to give 100% of what we made for the year. And, and it was a, a substantial amount on anybody's terms. But God put that in our heart. It's a matter of hearing from God. And I want you to listen to the Father, not look at me, a man, a man. Hear, but hear the Spirit of God, the Word of God, and the voice of our Father speaking into your heart and into your life. Are you going to bring something that's lame and, and, and halt and maimed and, and just give it half-hearted? Or are you going to be hilarious about your giving? It says, He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully. This is not always just to do with money, but I believe that the spirit of mammon needs to be broken before we can go to other areas of our life. You think you don't care about money and you trust in the Lord. Think about how many hours in the week you're thinking about money or you're working to earn money. Most of us spend a lot of hours in our lifetime taken up and we're almost slave to what we've got to do. Even the children sometimes. <laughs> but it's, we're called to do that. And we've got to honour the Lord in that. But He wants us to be, He wants to pour out a blessing such as we cannot contain because we're going to become and He's making us a city set on the hill, which cannot be hid. And there'll be stories of the blessing. See, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous, but He is the righteous. And if you, you see, once we start to understand the truth of the gospel, as I've been sharing it, and we see that life as it is in Christ, and we take that stand in Him, blessing will flow into the church, into the people of God, into our whanau, that like you've never seen before. God has blessing in store for us. I don't get through the verse. I keep preaching. Sorry, I'm trying to read this verse. Where did we get to? Verse 7. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart. It's between you and the Lord, not between you and me. You know, we're not looking to get your money. It's true. If we're the only ones giving in the church, that doesn't bother me. I'm, I'm, it's between me and God. You know, what you do is between you and the Lord. You're not under, you know, you, you don't have to get to God through me. You've got your relationship with Him. I point out Christ to you. I challenge your heart. I want to see your devotion to our King. He's worthy of all our devotion. He's worthy of a hilarious portion coming from us all. Not grudgingly. Well, I suppose I better give the Bible teaches on giving. There's ten dollars. You know, leftover. It's the first fruits. It's the first fruits. You know? Or of necessity. God loves a cheerful giver, a hilarious giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, 
You bought it for don't have enough. He's able to make all graces abound to you. Listen to that still small voice. If he doesn't tell you, put 100% into the offering, everything you've earned this year, well, don't do it. Because he might be saying, just put 99%. <laughs> Come on, lighten up. It's not that bad, is it? I'm only pulling your leg. Come on. You guys are getting so serious. He <laughs> might have said just put a dollar, you know. Ten cents, come on. Oh, we don't have ten. Do we have ten cents anymore? <laughs> One woman put two little mites and, and, and she'd given more than those that had millions of dollars or billions of dollars. He said she's given all her hand. She had. And that's what he wants. He wants your life first. Glory to God. Anyway, no, that's funny, isn't it, eh? And God is able to make all, all grace abound towards you so that you always having all sufficiency in all things, not just in some things. See, I, I believe this whole thing unlocks every other blessing in our life. That's why I wanted to buy the spirit of mammon. We're living in the Western world here. And there's a spirit. We get it over the TV. We get stuff bombarded into our minds that we don't even see in pictures. And we, we're programmed to be thinking about money in a certain way. And, 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 and performance orientation and how we look and get the makeup on and all that sort of not uh, good stuff that the wives do. <laughs> ah, goodness me. Just check there's not a hole down here. <clears throat> May have an abundance for every good work. God is calling us as a church to reach out through north. And I challenge you, even in the Old Testament under the law, He said, Test me and try me. Will I not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that's such as you cannot contain? Yes. And we're under grace. We're under the divine favour of our Father. Man, with God, all things are possible. It would blow your socks off as it were, so to speak. That's not a scriptural term, by the way. It'd blow your socks off if you knew what the Father could do through you and with you were you to submit your life totally to Him and stand in the place that only Christ, stand in the shoes, become a branch instead of trying to be the tree. Yeah? And that's what giving of our offerings acknowledges. I'm just the branch. I'm giving back to you. You're the source, oh God. Luke 16, Jesus said, um, verse 9 to 12, And I say to you, make yourselves friends, uh, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon. Mammon is money. That when you fail, they may receive you into everlasting home. Verse 10, he who is faithful in the least is faithful also in much. This is the least. This is where it starts. This is the least. That's why we're talking on money. That's why we wanted to and did buy the spirit of mammon in this place so your ears could be open to hear. This is the least. You might think putting out chairs or serving in the crash or uh, no is not as much as given. No, this is the least, your money. This, everything else hinges on this. He that is faithful in the least is also faithful in much. If you can't be faithful in this, how can you be faithful in any other thing He calls you to do? Yeah? He who is unjust in what is least will also be unjust in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, this is Jesus speaking. Don't look at me like that. Don't look at me like that. I'm not trying to rattle your cage or upset you this morning. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? 
this will unlock everything else for us as a church, for us as believers. Yeah? And if you've not been faithful with another man, who will give you what is your own? You might say to me this morning, Paul, I, you don't know how much I give. I give out in the community. I give to Tear Fund. I give to this, that and the other. Well, that's fine if you want to give that. But the tithes bring them to the storehouse. The first fruits belong in the storehouse. This is where you're feeding from. This is where you're feeding from. Bring all the tithes. This is where Christ said, we're two or three gathered together. I'm going to be there. Yes, Lord, I give back to you because I honour you with the first fruit of all my increase. Because it's such a blessing. I can't wait to be with you when you come and dwell in the midst of your people. Yes, He's with us always, but there's an added blessing as we come to this together like this morning. Yeah, I hope you're hearing that with the spirit and the heart of what the Lord means for us. Thank you, Lord. I want to remind you to do all our devotion for Christ and don't exchange the person of Christ for principles about blessing. You're not going to buy His blessing. He, his life is the blessed life. You need to receive that life and stand in Him and abide in Him. Someone here today might be looking for a house. I know God's got a house for you. You can cast all your care upon the Lord. He will provide for you no matter what you need, no matter how bad it looks. Someone in here might be praying for the right person or partner to come along in their life. And you're waiting and you're looking for the right one. God has the right one for you. And He'll let you know when that happens. Because you'll take it to Him and there'll be a peace. You know, that's what I do when I'm giving. When I'm giving, I talk to the Lord about the amount. Then I let it marinate, sometimes for a day or two, especially if it's a big amount. Have I got a peace about that? I want to hear your voice, Lord. And, and, and the peace of God will guide my heart if He really does want me to give 10 cents to somebody. Yeah? Anyway, we're talking about someone wanting a partner for life. So others here might be praying about a financial need to be met. And God is able to provide for you. He is Jehovah Jireh. No matter what your situation is, you're going to very soon look back and think, Wow. That is so amazing. God brought us out of that. If I, I could tell you, I could stay here all day and tell you stories of my business and how many times I should have been broke. More than one time I had over a hundred drums of Manuka honey fermenting and going bad. You know, I thought it was curtains. One time it was when, when I had a much smaller business and, and it was my whole crop. And uh, But God brought me through many, many times. He is Jehovah Jireh. He will bring you through. He will supply all your need according to His riches and glory. That's the whole heavenly bank account at your disposal. Someone else might be praying about a loved one to come to Christ today. A family member, someone near and dear. And you might have spent years praying for them. Don't stop. God has heard your prayer. He hears your prayer. He's at work. But though it tarry, wait for it. It's going to come. We've been praying for many souls to be saved in Northland. We're believing for 50 souls this year, 50 families to be impacted, and lives 
saved, baptized, submitted and receiving the eternal life of Christ and standing in Christ, becoming branches in the tree who is Jesus.